You have proved that you fight well. Now you can join us. Rabbit hole with your host, the amazing Gio. Now, welcome to the show. He's got loads of guests with crazy stories to get up off of their chest. Now, best believe he's smoking the best. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of What a Trip Podcast. I'm your host, Gio. Today, I just want to talk a little bit about the UFC fight night that we just had and then also preview next week's card. Well, actually, we have a bye week coming up next week, so it's going to be the one. Following that, I believe it's April 9th. It's going to be Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie, which should be a really good card, honestly. There's some very interesting names that we'll touch on a little bit later. But just to go to the Dacus versus Blades fight, uh, we'll just kick it off at the main event. Man, Dacus versus Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, the big question going into this is how is his chin going to hold up? I mean, he's had some really impressive performances before where that's no big issue. But, I mean, he just got knocked out in a very very dramatic way but he did have six months to recover and go on a layoff and he looked really sharp with his boxing that last fight out and then he just ended up getting clipped going for a shot that was a little bit blind nothing really behind it but this fight oh my god man first round he didn't even attempt a takedown the whole fight which is insane because he's such a high level wrestler at the heavyweight division and i thought that's going to be one pivotal part of this fight i thought he was going to take him down and try to get that tko just with the ground and pound because he's so good with that he's not so good with the submissions at least not on his record so far but he's really really good with the ground and pound so i was just like waiting for that to happen and docus too docus looked sharp in the beginning of the fight landing some nice shots but i still think that on the feet curtis blades was landing the more impactful shots and looking the better of the two come out second round 17 seconds in, Curtis Blades get the big knockdown. He finishes him off. I just want to get the right. It's a right cross to ground strikes. This is going to be a pivotal point for Chris Dawkins. I don't know if he's going to stay at the heavyweight division or if he's going to try to go down to a lower weight class. But we'll just talk about Curtis Blades here. Curtis Blades called for an interim title shot with Cyril gone. I'm not too mad at that. Like, I'm not sure how the division's going to pan out right now just because you have these guys waiting at the top, like John Jones, Steve Miocic. Well, John Jones, that's if he fucking decides to come back and actually fight. But we have Steve Miocic, who was actually one of the f- people out ringside watching the fights. Um, but, man, it's just going to be interesting to see who they can match him up with. I'm not mad at that Cyril Gon fight at all. I actually really like that, especially since Cyril... I mean, that's a good matchup for Curtis, just because if he can take him down, I kind of repeat what Nganu did to him, but with his display of aggression, you know, on the ground and the wrestling takedowns, I think that would be a really interesting matchup. And then Cyril, he needs to bounce back, and he needs to prove people that he does have some kind of grappling game, and he can get himself up and out of those positions, because he did so good in the past. He had such good takedown defense, and his ability to get things on the floor and actually submit someone was very impressive. Uh, but going on to Dawkins' side again, like I was saying, I don't know what he's going to do. Curtis Blades even said it himself. He said that he thinks that he should go up or go down to 205 because he is a smaller heavyweight. And although he moves really fast and he's very quick, he thinks the power wasn't there. I don't know. I want you guys to tell me if you guys thought that Dawkins, if he should stay in the division or you think if he should go down because this is going to be a really interesting point in his career, especially because he's like a pretty, he's a kind of a newcomer. Like he, he hasn't really been in the UFC for long, maybe like a year and a half, two years or something like that now. Time flies. I honestly have like such a bad gauge of time. But, but I mean, like he has some really good wins on his record. It's just when he's gone up against, I mean, 
Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades, two very top five high level guys in their own right. Like one's a knockout artist, the other's a wrestler, but ended up getting a knockout today. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just going to be very interesting to see what Chris Dawkins does. I actually really like him at 205. I think that'd be dope. I like his personality, and I really hope that things start to turn in his way because he recently gave up his job as a police officer just to focus on MMA specifically and just really dive into it with his brother Kyle Dawkins. They're both in the UFC. How they're up and down so far. Chris was the one that was killing it in the beginning, and then, I mean, his last two fights losing. This doesn't mean that he's done. That He can definitely come back and bounce back and do his fucking thing again. So I'm excited to see what's to come of this. Next, we had Alexa Grasso in the co-main event against Joanne Wood. Joanne Wood is a formidable name in this division. Uh, she's had her her fingers on the title, like, uh, title shot at least you know multiple times and the last fight even when she had a fight scheduled with Valentina ended up deciding to take a fight against Jennifer Maya last second instead because she said she still wanted to fight loses that fight and then from there she's been on a little bit of a losing skid so far um, the people that have beat her though they've gone to have a title shot so like Jennifer Maya got the title shot I think Tyler Santos is the last girl that beat her she's gonna get a title shot uh, but Alexa Grasso, man, Alexa Grasso's coming up a weight division. She was starting to miss weight at the lower weight class, so I think that's why she decided to make the move up. But she's gone 3-0 in this new weight class. She's looking really, really good. This is the first submission that she's had on her record. It was a rear naked choke in the first round, 3 minutes and 57 seconds in. She is a beast, dude. She's not afraid to get in these crazy striking battles, you know, and as I mean, Joanne Wood's a striker, you know, so, so like your easy game plan is to take her down to the ground and not really do this. But she's so willing to get in these exchanges because she's a good boxer, too. She's clean. She throws everything with really good technique. She has nice power in her hands. And I just thought that Joanne Wood was like a little bit outmatched as far as what the floor game has. And although she hasn't really had a lot of submissions in her record, uh, Alexa Grasso, I Still thought she has a really impressive ground game. And, I mean, she showed that. She showed that she can take the back and get the finish really quickly. So, I was very impressed by Alexa Grasso's performance. A lot of people were saying she could possibly get the title shot next just because Valentina's pretty much cleaned out a lot of the people in her division. So, people that are coming up with winning streaks, you know, like 3-0 and already against a big name. Maybe she has one fight next to get up to the title shot. And if not, then she just goes straight on to it. But I really like Alexa Grasso. That's one of my... MMA girlfriends, but uh, don't tell Jessica because she be getting mad at shit. But I'm really stoked to see what she can do in this division. Another really fucking a banger on this Ohio card. Honestly, I, I was about to say, this Ohio card was great. Just because I think the fact that the fans were back was, like, really, really impactful. Like you could tell the fighters wanted to really go out there and go to war. And the fans, if they saw any kind of stale moments, they were back with the booing, you know, kind of trying to get these guys to, egg, you know, egg them on to start fighting and really lay everything out on the line. And I think this it showed because, I mean, the fight had, although there was a bunch of decisions, I did think that there was a lot of really good tight fights where it was just back and forth, back and forth. I mean, there was a lot of split decisions on this card actually too. Well, there's one, two... Uh, whoa, 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 my phone is uh, tweaking, tweaking. But yeah, there was a couple of split decisions on this card. Actually, a couple more unanimous ones, too, that I was a little bit surprised on with the unanimous. I was just like, because I don't know, I, I don't want to say the judging was all over the place. But yeah, this it was just so cool to see fans back in the stadiums. This is two fight nights in a row that we have fans back. 
And I think it's made a really big impact on the fights themselves, the atmosphere, especially watching on TV. You get to hear the oohs and ahs of the crowd, which makes you just like, oh, you know, that kind of makes you jump on the edge of your seat, especially riding off last week's card, the UFC fight night in London, which was absolutely amazing. Honestly, that show is a stunning thing. Whole card, the whole card up and down had me on the edge of my toes. Do we have some big names coming out of that shit? That's a story for a different time. I know I didn't do an episode on that one, but hey, it's all good. We'll we'll get them the next time. So we'll move on. Kai Car or sorry, Brian Barberena, he fought Matt Brown, ended up getting the decision win over Matt Brown. Man, that was a war. These two guys are veterans in the UFC. They've been here for quite some time. Matt Brown is the Ohio, the hometown guy. Brian Barberena is the guy coming in that has to, you know, sh- kind of poop on the parade really quickly and try to go out there and show what he can do. And he was getting taken down. He was getting swept, but he was always in the fight, coming back constantly, trying to get the jump on him, trying to do things, you know, not just be willing to stay on the floor and just kind of, like, give it up. And I think that ended up taxing on Matt Brown a lot, gassing him out, and then he ended up landing really big shots in him, really even hurting him in the last round, the third round, where I thought the takedowns could have been the deciding factor for Matt Brown, but... Though him getting rocked at the end and Brian Barberina's ability to get back up and throw a lot of strikes and just keep going out there. Brian Barberina is one of those guys that I really hope he stays in the UFC and can continue his little streak because not a not so much of a winning streak, but I mean like he's kind of one of those guys like a, a Jim Miller or like a like just someone that I want to see, you know, like that that always brings a really good fight, like a Jimmy Rivera. Although they're the veterans, they have a lot of skill still and talent left in them, and I think they have a lot of good fights still in them to come, you know. So I hope that they keep him in the UFC because this was his last fight on his contract. He said that if the UFC doesn't re-sign him, then he's just going to retire from the sport completely. And I think that says a lot to his fit, like to his uh, just his desire to be in the UFC and like where he thinks like the biggest stage lies and where he ends up. He wants to end his career, which is a cool thing to see, you know. So if the UFC can. Provide him with that, that'd be awesome. But Matt Brown, too, man. Matt Brown is one of those guys always comes out and puts on a fucking war. Before he was so willing to take on all these young guys that, you know, need a name like that on their record to kind of have a little bit of credibility. And then now, I mean, this fight was cool because it's like as soon as you, they make the fight, you're like, oh, dude, this is going to be a banger. Brian Barberena and Matt Brown, they like to sit, stand and bang, you know, and they're like very scrappy dudes and do whatever they can to win. So. I was just stoked to see it in the beginning. I think it ended up getting canceled one time, and then they had to, like, reschedule it or whatever. But this was kind of perfect timing for it to be at home for him. But, man, other than that, there was Kaikar France versus Askar Askarov. I'll be honest. I was doubting my boy Kai. I had almost no faith. And that's not because I didn't think he's good enough. I mean, I just thought Askar Askarov is so fucking good with his wrestling. I thought his ability, like, his takedowns have always been so solid. And Kai was in trouble a couple times he almost got his back well he had his back taken almost got rear naked choked a couple times like but he was able to fight the hands scramble out of that and then just keep it everything on his feet and i think it started to really really gas on askar askarov you could tell that third round he was very labored in the second round kai ended up making that comeback hurting him and then still being able to scramble get out of those wrestling positions not be able to get controlled which was pivotal for him. The third round came out. He came out swinging, guns blazing. He knew, though, this, like, this is a number one contender fight for the flyweight title. Like, at this point, Askar Askarov has a draw with uh, Brandon Moreno. And then, I mean, he's beat pretty much, like, everyone else in that division. And then Kai Car France, although he has his ups and downs with, uh, like, in the UFC, he's been on a really good run lately, knocking out some really good guys. I think he has three... 
three fit no no two finishes in a row and then he has this decision win but i mean he's knocked out cody garbrandt and then going back he although he has some like lower names on his record still I think it's a very interesting style matchup whenever you put him with any of these guys going forward because he's the striker. He likes to stand and bang. He's, he has really good hands. He's coming out of city kickboxing. You know these guys' kickboxing is fucking insane. But Kai impressed me extreme. He impressed the shit out of me, dude. I I was just so amazed that he was able to, like, keep himself on the feet and still land on NASCAR. And, like, I don't know, like, just the gas tank I thought was going to be worn down by him, and I didn't think he would have it. At the end of the rounds, you know, like the third round, I thought Asgard's going to be the fresher guy. You know, the whole wrestling is going to be the thing that's really going to be such a pivotal part of this. But, I mean, he proved me fucking wrong. And I'm not mad at that at all because I really like the city kickboxing boys. And I love I love Kai, honestly. He's a really good fighter. And he always comes out and he puts on a fucking show. So you, you already know, too. Like, with Kai, like, when you get a fight with him, you're like, man, this is going to be a banger. He's going to go out there, try to knock someone's fucking head off. And with Asgard, you know, you, you're getting a really good fight. Like, like uh, Dan Hardy said... Asgar, you're trying to like see what technical things he does so you can learn on it, right? You learn these little things that he's doing, little small nuances. Although he's not getting these crazy knockouts or finishes constantly, he's a really good master of his craft. And then on the other side, you have Kai Kara France, who, like I said, he's trying to knock people's fucking heads off. And that brings eyes to the sport, brings eyes to his fights. And so I think it's going to be very interesting to see him go forward now into the top ranking or maybe even maybe get a title shot. I mean... Davison Figueredo ended up calling him out on Twitter after the fight, saying uh, Brandon Moreno that he lost to him. So he was like, "Yeah, I want." Let me actually see if I can find the tweet so I can like like read it back to you guys exactly because I seen it and I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "Don't be calling out fucking, don't call him out." I wanted to see him go against Brandon Moreno again, and I already heard they're already making this fight. They're already in the books, you know, scheduling and everything. So I doubt they're gonna just cut him short and go with Kai. So he says, congratulations, you dirty Kiwi, Kai Kara France. You just punched your ticket with the ba- with the god of war, the assassin baby. You just took the backseat. You are 0-2 against Pantoja MMA. If you could beat him, I'll give you the next title shot. Brazil versus New Zealand. Let's make it happen, Dana White. And I don't know what you guys think about that, but me personally, I would love to see that matchup maybe happen in the future. But right now, I still think there's some beef to be settled between Moreno and Davison Figueredo, which is going to be absolutely insane because like i mean think about it this would be the fourth fight i can't off my top of my head i can't remember any other people that have fought four times you know and like and especially because it's one finish and then the other one goes a decision then they have that first draw which is just like i don't know it's it's up in the air you know and so many things can happen now but I want to see Davison Figueredo fight Brandon Moreno once again. That's a really interesting fight. And then Kai going forward, I want to see Kai get the winner of that, you know, so he doesn't have to fight again. Before, after his last fight against Cody Garbrandt, he said he didn't want to come out and fight again, and then he ended up taking this fight, which I'm very glad because I didn't think he was going to get the title shot, especially after that, especially like with Pantoja sitting in the background and everything. But I think now he puts himself in the front of the line. And, I mean, why not give it to this guy next, honestly? We'll see how the division pans out and everything, but... Yeah, I actually, I want to see Kai in the future. I want to see him fight soon, to be honest. So we'll go on to, um, I just had like one more fight on this card that I was like really impressed by. Not so much a fight, but a fighter. Um, He's kind of a new guy to the UFC. I don't want to mispronounce his name too bad. But it's Aliak, Aliashab Kirziev, Kizriev. 
Yeah, I fucked his name up completely. But he got a submission in the rear naked choke in round two. And this guy just looks really clean overall. And his striking game is solid. His wrestling is really good. His ability to take the back, that was it was very quick, too. For a bigger guy, I think these guys are fronting like 170, 185. But they're really big. And he's on, a, I mean, he's 14-0 and 0 right now, dude. He's, he climbed up to 14-0 and 0 against Dennis Tulane, who looked really good in the beginning of the fight. And these guys are throwing hands, haymakers at each other. But I think he's a name to watch out for in the future. These dudes with these beards, you know what I mean? These Russian guys, are, they're insane on the mats, dude. They've been training for most of their lives. So you always know they come out to bring a fucking show to the UFC. So we'll move on to next week. Well, two weeks from now, the card. There's a couple good names on there. I just want to talk about a couple of the fights. So at the top of the card is going to be Alexander Volkanovsky versus Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. I think this is a little bit of a mixed match in the way that I think Alex is just so good technically. Korean zombie has he gets hit, you know, he gets hit, he gets cracked. Even with like some of the higher level guys like like Brian, Brian Ortega, Brian Ortega systematically, I mean, kind of demolished him in a way. And I like and although it was that fucking spinning elbow that cracked him and this really changed the whole fight. I think that Volkanovski can do the exact same peak, like pick him apart and then maybe get a finish on him. I don't know. Like, I don't want to make too big of, you know, an announcement or anything, but Chanson Jug does have power in his hands. I think he has definitely the ability to knock out Volkanovski. You know, maybe if he lands a big shot, but that's like saying a puncher's chance. Anything can always happen. You know, you never know, especially with MMA. But I'm going to put my money on Alexander Volkanovsky. Me, personally, I can't wait to see that rematch happen with Max Holloway. Although this whole thing leading up to it is so weird, especially because Max and Alex were scheduled to fight. Max pulls out the fight like like a little bit later, right? And then he ends up coming out that he his injury is good enough for him to come and actually fight on that same card. And so he wanted to be the backup, and Alex is like, nah, fuck that. Like, I don't want to have, I don't want to have a backup. And although... I thought that was a little bit whack. It makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're like, dude, you're this is for a title, and this is a guy that's very heavily contested with me that people think have beat me. You know, he and although I'm uh, two and zero against him, people think he's beating me. So why am I gonna give him the slightest advantage when that does doesn't really play into your favor? And you're the champion, so like, of course you don't want to have like a tougher matchup as the replacement fight, just in case if this one drops out. So. We'll go on to the co-main event of the evening. It'll be Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan. Damn. This is going to be a good fight. Well, we've been waiting for this fight for so fucking long now. It's been like half a year, a year, it feels like, where we've just been waiting for these guys to come back. Aljamain Sterling had that neck surgery that kept him out for quite some time. And then Peter Yan actually pulled out a couple times too. Uh, I forgot what it was. It was like undisclosed injuries or something like that. But they're finally back. They're going to come back in uh, April 9th. This is going to be tough for the champion, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, he was getting picked apart the last fight. Like, what can I say? Like, against Jan, Jan is just so clean. He lets you do your things in the beginning just so that he can measure everything. He starts to measure his distance, see what shots will be able, like, be available to him and, like, what movements you're doing. And then as the rounds go on, he just gets better and better and better and picks it up, picks it up, picks it up. And Aljo was gassing, gassing really, really bad. In the beginning, he came out hot, throwing so many strikes. A tip kick up the middle was really nice to keep his distance because I think his boxing is going to be lacking compared to Peter Yon. Peter Yon is just so 
fucking good. He's probably one of the best champions on the UFC's roster right now just because how well-rounded he is. His ability to stop all the takedowns Aljamain was throwing at him and even get some of his own with these nice little trips and just little things that I, I didn't expect from Peter Young, dude. I expected him to be a heavy striker that's just going to go out there. You know, he's going to bang. He's going to try to knock your head off. And if you get him down, whatever, he can scramble up to his feet and get back. But no, his takedown defense is solid. And I think Aljamain is going to have another really hard time with this guy trying to keep him down, you know, like, I mean, if he gets his back, though, any, any, anything's possible. He, I mean, he choked out Sanhagen so quickly, too. But Sanhagen has that, that thing where he you know, kind of gives people the back in a way. But I don't think Jan is going to let that happen. I, don't, I think he knows the danger of Aljamain on like grappling and everything. So he's just going to ca- try to keep it in his world. And I think he's going to do a really good job of that. Mackenzie Dern fights Tisha Torres. This is going to be a really good fight. Um, Mackenzie Dern trying to bounce back Tisha Torres. Uh, I think Tisha Torres is actually coming off some wins. Uh, yeah, she has three wins in a row. Brianna Fortuno, Sam Hughes, and then Angela Hill are on her wins. And then for Mackenzie Dern, Mackenzie is coming off her second loss ever and as a professional to uh, Marina Rodriguez after going on a four-fight winning streak. Um, this is going to try to be her bounce-back fight. Tisha Torres is a really good fighter. She's really quick. Her in-and-out movement is so nice. Uh, but her grappling, I'm not too sure where it's at. Her wrestling, her takedown defense is really good. But Mackenzie Dern, if she can get her down and, I mean, implement her jujitsu, which is high fucking level, like, this, it's crazy. Like, when she took down Marina Rodriguez, although she lost that fight, whenever she took her down, she was so quick to get some dominant positions, threatened with submissions, and, like, that's what she needed to do, right? So I think she needs to improve her wrestling, and I hope that she has done this for this fight because if not, it's going to be a battle on the feet, and Tisha is so good at hitting but not getting hit. So it's she's going to have a hard time if she can't close that distance and get a tie-up and everything. But Tisha's also going to be trying to close that distance in and out, in and out. So, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fight. I want to say Eileen McKenzie Dern, but Tisha Torres can always upset you. You never fucking know, honestly. Uh, other than that, we got Kelvin Gastelum, Nasruddin Imavov. That's going to be a really good fight. Nasruddin is on the come-up right now. And Kelvin Gastelum, he's on like a weird point of his career, right? Like, he kind of has... I think he has um actually he's fought some really tough competition as of late. Uh but he's fought yeah, so out of his last six fights, he actually has only won one fight. Uh he lost to Jared Cannonier, Robert Whitaker, and then in the past he had that win against Ian Heinish, and then before that went on a three fight losing streak too, but to good names. He lost to Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, Israel Adesanya. I mean, these are all guys that are at the very, very top of the division for one eighty five. Um, but he's going to try to come back and bounce back against Nasruddin Imavov, which is not a t- not an easy task at all, dude. This is a tall task. Like, Imavov looks so good in his last fight. I was kind of doubting him a little bit. I wasn't too sure how he was going to look against Edmund Shabazian, but I mean, he ended up getting a, a finish in the second round. It was elbows from a crucifix position, which, I mean, if you know he has good grappling and his striking is so clean, too. So, Kelvin is really going to have his hands full here. I'm leaning Imavov right now just because of the momentum and how good he's been looking. Uh, but, I don't know. Don't quote me. Let me know what you guys think on that fight. Do you got, Honestly, for all of these, let me know who you guys think. I really want to know. Maybe it'll affect my parlays, you know what I mean? The best I'm going to be making. But, for sure, if you want to. Safe parlay for me, I would put like Peter Yan on one and like Volkanovsky on the other one. That sounds like 
clutch. I'd put a lot of money on that, to be honest. Uh, there's some other really good names on this card, too, that definitely don't want to be slept on. Uh, so Gilbert Burns. This is actually to kick off the main card. Gilbert Burns fights Hamza Chimaev. This is a really interesting fight at the 170-pound division. Hamza has been looking like an absolute train, steamrolling through people as of lately. That finish against the leech, Lin Ji Liang, and the way he did it, going over to the cage, talking to fucking Dana White in the corner, you know, like, it was just so impressive. And, I mean, it leaves me to think that this guy has so much room to to shock everyone. You know what I mean? It's going to be kind of like that Conor rise where he was coming up, saying he was going to beat these people, and he did. He was ending up finishing them, right? Getting these really impressive, like, finishes on them. And Hamza's kind of doing the same right now. I feel like, although he hasn't fought that many people, right? Like, too many people in the beginning. Like, nobody really gets these crazy names. And these really hard fights. And he's only been hit, like, twice. Which is insane, right? Like, for um, the amount of... I think he has, like, four fights in the UFC now. Five fights or something like that. But he's getting a really tall task in Gilbert Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is a very well-rounded fighter. He's really improved his striking game as of late. And he's a world-class jiu-jitsu player. Like, when you see Gilbert Burns rolling with people, like, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Like, he's he's about this life. And, I mean, he had a really lengthy career in jiu-jitsu with a lot of awards. And he had competed at the highest level so you know that he has the skills especially on the mat so i'm gonna be very i'm pretty interested to see where this fight takes place i'm thinking the most part it's gonna take place in the stand-up right like i don't think comes gonna be trying to just like take him down and just grapple with him and like and submit him you know like if he does that's a huge statement right there for a blue belt trying to go in there and trying to finish a black belt and like impressively too you know what i mean like because I already know he's going to try to go in there, try to slam the shit out of him. If he, if he does go with his game plan, right? Like, slam the shit out of him, go try to take his back, rear naked choke him. I would be shocked. I would be so impressed. I think going forward after that, he's going to be the favorite against everybody. Well, I mean, maybe not Kamaru. That's such a tough task. But this is pretty much lining him up to get that title shot. Like, who else is there at 170 for him to fight? I mean, there's Kobe Covington, which is a good fight, right? But, like... Gilbert Burns is already sitting at the top of the division. I think he's like number three or number four or something like that. So why not give him the title shot right after this? If he can get the W, you know what I mean? Because this is, everybody's thinking, yeah, Hamza needs a real test, right? He needs someone to test him to see how good he is. And this is exactly that guy to do that for you. Like, you want to have a big test? Okay, here's Gilbert Burns. He's good with his grappling. He's good with his striking. So you have to find some kind of way to win. And I think... Hamza's going to find a way. Honestly, I don't know what it is about Marina. Like, something is really leaning on that train. Like, I'm, I'm jumping on the hype train, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm going to ride along with this motherfucker for quite some time. I think he's going to probably finish Gilbert Burns, but not in grappling. I think he's going to probably finish him on the feet. Hamza has this crazy, like, in this past, he has some really good striking highlights as well, right? He's not just a grappler. At one point, he was having a lot of trouble taking this one dude down. I believe he was like an Olympic wrestler or Olympic judo, uh, judoka. And he was having a hard time taking him down. So they ended up just exchanging on the feet for the most part. And he slept this dude with the most savage uppercut that I've seen in quite some time, honestly. I was shocked at how bad it was. But I feel like something similar is going to happen this time. Gilbert Burns has made leaps and bounds with the striking. But I don't know, man. Like, There's so many questions still here. I want to say I lean Hamza, but you just you just never know. With this. Tell me what you guys think for real. You guys think 
Hamza can win this, or do you think Gilbert Burns is going to be the guy to upset here? Because I think the odds are pretty heavily in favor of Gilbert, or sorry, um, Hamza Chimaev, which is just insane to me, right? Because he hasn't really been tested or no big names so far. The leech was his biggest name. And people are putting a lot of faith in him, and I, I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. But yeah, other so a couple other good fights on this card. Honestly, there's some really good names on here. Vince Michelle, he fights Mark Madison. That should be a scrap right there. Vince, he's going to have some trouble with those takedowns that Mark Madison has. He's an Olympic gold medalist. I believe he uh, did Greco-Roman wrestling or something like that. And then we have Ian Gary coming back after his impressive debut knockout. He's going to fight Darian Weeks. Uh, this is going to be a re- just a really interesting fight to see where Ian Gary's at again. You know, see if he can get another big finish and keep that train rolling. These guys from Europe are starting to come in with that are really, really skilled. And they're they're coming from Cage Warriors, too. Cage Warriors has so many good fighters that are starting to become big names in the UFC. I mean, they did in the past, too. Like, um, like Connor. Connor was one of the guys that came out of Cage Warriors. And then other than that, on the card, we also have uh, Julio Arce fights Daniel Santos. Mickey Gall fights Mike Mallet. Uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike fights Marcin Tybora. Those are heavyweights that like to bang. Jarzinho's going to have a little bit of a tough time with Marcin's takedowns. I already know that, so that's a, I would lean uh, towards Tybora's side. Drakus Duplessis is going to fight Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. That should be an interesting scrap. Honestly, Drakus is a guy coming from South Africa that's looked really good. Very impressive, 16-2-0. Anthony Hernandez is 8-2-0. He had that crazy win over uh, Rodolfo Vieira where he submitted him, which everybody was so shocked, the upset of the, the year, you know what I mean? And then Aspen Ladd and Raquel Pennington are going to be opening up the card. Um, yeah, that's going to be a scrap too. Hopefully Aspen Ladd makes the way. I think this is going to be a weight class up, so she should be fine. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a wrap for this episode, dude. Thank you guys for listening. If you can, just go subscribe, shoot this shit a little like, go repost, you know do me a favor, hook it up for the boy, you know what I mean? So, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Appreciate you guys. Yeah.